Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Hey, a big welcome to Podcast 195 of Maximize Your Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen. Appreciate you being here. Who knows where Steve Olson is? We need to track him down and get him back on the show. This is the podcast. We're going to talk about persuasion, motivation, mindset, how to get others to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. And I've got some great information for you today to really help you out to fine-tune these skills. And please, like the podcast on iTunes. Also, check out our Facebook page at Maximize Your Influence, and of course, InfluenceUniversity.com. That's where you get the archives of the podcast, and you can get our 52-week PhD program to really crank up your persuasion and influence skills. Appreciate the feedback and the letters, especially getting some good feedback about last week's show, about the sales strategies of top producers, and of course, the week before that, we talked about the art of persuasive emails, and if you want more on that... Go to Podcast 69 in the archives. Again, archives are free. They're part of Influence University. You need to register, but it's all right there. Podcast 69 takes a deeper dive into the persuasive emails if you want to take a look at that. Again, let everyone know about our show. Let's get into it. It's going to be a busy week for me as I spend time in Las Vegas, Salt Lake, Los Angeles, then off to Boston. Or if you know the Boston area, it will be Billerica. I believe that's kind of west of Boston a little bit. I guess everything's west of Boston. Two-day seminar there. I'll let you know how that goes. But let's start off with the geeky article. Tribute to Steve Olson. Here is your Urkel. (laughs) I won't say thank you to Urkel because I don't think I appreciate it as much as I should. Maybe I should open up and uh, embrace the Urkel. But today's article comes from the Journal of Law and Human Behavior. And this talks about deception, the face of truth. Do you have to see someone's face to know if they're lying or not? Do you have to see someone's face to know if they're lying on a witness stand? People's knee-jerk reactions, no, you got to see their face. But the reality is when you talk about deception, that's the best thing people are hiding are their facial expressions. But you can tell a lot more from deception are people lying. And so contrary to conventional belief, when determining whether a person is lying, the less you see is better because the face can sometimes throw you off a little bit. So they found when people's face were covered, again, this was a study for lawyers, and this was done in Canada and the UK and the Netherlands, students were asked to identify which defense witnesses were lying in their testimony. So half of them could see their face and the other half couldn't. Is this person lying? Now the surprising thing was that students were better able to detect deception with the people whose faces were covered. Now there are other vocal cues that people pick up. It could be stuttering, grammatical areas, vocal tension, rate of speech. I mean, it's a lot of different things. In fact, we're going to talk about this today on the show, the lie detector, detecting deception. How do you know when people are lying to you? And as we go into the study, they found that when their faces were covered, the student says they were actually listening more closely, paying more attention to the other things, the other inconsistencies, and maybe in their content, in the amount of detail that they gave, and it actually helped them out. So isn't that interesting that we pick up deception in various ways? And I want to spend some time talking about detecting deception. How do you become the human lie detector? And and if you've listened to the show quite a bit, you know 
that, especially with objections, that 67% of the time when someone has an objection, it's usually a lie. It's a knee-jerk reaction. They're not telling you the truth. They're just trying to get rid of you. Your ability to read people is a huge part of your ability to influence. Because when they lie to you or give you the wrong objection, you've got this clever comeback or this close you use, it's not going to help you out to come back on something that's not even an issue for them. It was a lie in the beginning. So let's define this. What is deception? Well, when someone's trying to deliberately misinform you, distort the truth, mislead you, and the challenge with deception is becoming more commonplace, and a lot of people say it's okay. A lot of that comes from politics. I mean, look at all these politicians that are lying. I'll go back to, to Nixon and Clinton. I mean, all the way through the political process, you can see people lying and getting away with lying and getting caught in their lies, and, well, it must be okay. And I think... A lot of times we think that, well, you know, a little white lie here and there to protect someone's ego. You look good in that dress. You look good in those jeans. <laughs> I think we've grown accustomed to that. And when people withhold information or falsify information, and when that happens to you and you're able to detect the lie, you have to ask yourself, okay, was this a character flaw? I mean, is this huge? Or is this just kind of a momentary lapse so they get caught in the moment? And you have to decide if you want to do business with this person. And we all have this deception radar if we'd listen to it and fine-tune it. It takes a little practice. It takes concentration. But we could really sense a lot of times when people are lying. We pick up on these things because we have what I call deception leakage. We have these verbal things that we do, these nonverbal things that we do. And we need to make sure as we do this that we pick up on different things that people are doing. Now, the first thing you need to understand with this is that when you meet someone for the first time, if you're going into a negotiation, you're going to try to persuade them, this is why people talk about the weather and joke around and children. They talk about other things. It's not necessarily that they care about those things. They're looking for your standard behavior. Because when you start getting nervous or tense or start lying, things start to change with your mannerisms, with the words that you use in your face, your body, and your eyes. That's why that's done. Because if someone can't look at you in the eyes when they're talking about the weather, then they're not going to be able to look at your eyes when you're talking about what you're trying to persuade them to do. And so you can't count that as a cluster. Because what you're looking for is a cluster of different things. Just because they can't look at you or they start sweating or they are nervous and they start pacing, just because they do one of those things doesn't mean they're lying. But when you start seeing two, three, four, five things, now all of a sudden you have what we call a cluster and that could be part of the deception process. Because when people lie, there's these micro-expressions. It just lasts for a microsecond. It's impossible to disguise. We pick them up and when you look at the politicians that are lying and you slow down the video, you can see the little expressions that, well, duh, they're lying. And it comes out later that they are lying. And so we see a lot of deception when people get angry or they run out of skills, a threatened ego, or they just don't know what to do next. They had the little plan in their mind, what they were going to do was going to work out in 10 minutes and it didn't. That could cause deception. That could cause anger and things that could increase that deception. Now be aware, a few warnings about deception. When people start avoiding you, they keep changing the topic, they're omitting facts, those type of things, then you know, okay, let's start looking for deception. I mean, how do we detect deception? Now here's what's interesting, first of all, is that people who tell the truth are expecting to be believed. Did you catch that? People who tell the truth are expecting to be believed. But those who deceive accuse you of being deceptive of lying. Those that are lying are always accusing you of lying. Almost like when you're telling the truth, you're just playing offense. You just assume people are going to believe you. You don't even think they wouldn't believe you. But when you're lying, you're playing defense. 
you're trying to check if they believe you or not and that's a whole different ball game when you take a look at this in fact i was talking to somebody on an airplane which is a bartender actually and they said we were talking about somehow got on the topic of deception he said you know it's the people that accuse me of watering down the drinks is the type of person that would water down their drinks so think about that as far as People who tell the truth are expecting to be believed versus the opposite. If people are lying, they got to check. Are you really believing? Wow, they are believing. And that's something to take a look at. So remember, when you think someone's lying to you, don't confront them. Don't accuse them. Realize that you want to keep going. Look for more details. What's going on? Make them think that you're believing everything they say, especially in the negotiation process until it comes to the point where maybe you need to calm out on it. But as you just kind of get that big picture and realize it takes a little concentration you can get really good at this with your children your co-workers in a negotiation when you're in sales or trying to influence people this is important because lying is increasing a lot of people are doing it and they think it's okay and so you're looking for these deception clues as i call them so i'm just going to rattle these off so you can think these through remember you're looking for something that's just a little bit different than their standard behavior for example, eyes. That's the big one. But that's the one that people are the best at fixing. right? They know, oh, got to have eye contact. But you're going to see something different. It might be a forced eye contact. They're looking at you a lot longer than before and it gets kind of creepy. Or they might avoid contact. You might see increased blinking. That's an interesting one where people tend to blink more. The pupils tend to dilate. That's something about it. Eyes are the window of the soul. That's a whole other podcast in itself, understanding the eyes and reading the eyes arms and shoulders the people keep crossing their arms or the shoulders are turned away from you or they the shoulders are kind of shrugged up or tensed up that could be a sign of deception you can remember we're looking for clusters here then legs are they crossing and crossing wiggling tapping feet underneath the chair it's interesting when people lie they tend to take up less space they want to take up less space with so their feet underneath the chair they might curl up a little bit just something to take a look at you might take a look at their head there might be a slight tilt or their hands to keep touching their head that's a big one where blood flow increases to the head when there's lying people get nervous they get tense they tend to touch their face a lot more their head a lot more that's what's an interesting one it just looks different than it did before and then with that too you take a look at their mouth are they biting their lip are they keep touching their mouth their hands covering their mouth that's a subconscious thing people tend to do their swallowing will tend to increase they might have this dry mouth you can tell that their lips are smacking a little bit more and even a fake smile now a fake smile you can look at their eyes if their eyes aren't smiling with their mouth you know it's a fake smile that could be one of the indicators that you're looking for then of course the nose might turn a little more red just like the ears with the blood flow as it increases and rubbing their nose it gets a little itchy again they might just have an itchy nose but if you see two three four five six of these now whoa, whoa ding 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 we've got some deception going on and then just looking at the whole body if sweating increases and they might just be hot but if that's one of many physically they're moving back they might be thinking about their movements more so they look more mechanical more more robotic because they're thinking about their movements they're not natural that could be one that you're taking a look at or on the flip side their movements might be minimized they're moving a lot less because they're thinking about their movements and they don't want to trigger in your mind that they might be lying to you or being deceptive then again just like the study we talked about there's the vocal side so maybe you're over the phone and you can't even see their face there's still a lot of things that you can listen for Again, the study says we're actually better with the voice and the words we use in those type of vocal patterns than we are with the facial expressions 
And so you might see a different in volume. They might start to mumble a little bit more. Some might get a lot more loud with their volume. Some might get a little more soft. That could definitely be an option. And that's true with rate. You're looking for a change. Usually it decreases. It gets a little slower. Again, if you're looking at them or listening to them over the phone, you're going to notice that it takes a lot more bandwidth or mental energy to lie. <laughs> so they talk a little slower. They're thinking through their words more. They're creating something. They're making things up. It takes a lot more mental energy to lie than to tell the truth. And so you'll hear it in their voice. You might see it in their facial expressions that they're really thinking this true. And so for most people, they tend to slow down. Some might speed up. They might try to hide something just within the rate of speech. That's something that you can be taking a look at. The big thing, too, is take a look at that content, like I mentioned before, is for some people, it's lack of detail. I mean, teenagers, what did you do last night? Went out. Hey, who were you with? Friends. <laughs> and also, too, you might get the exact opposite. Some people just put too much information. They might say, oh, I went to the library, and I walked in, and I saw Mrs. Jones, and, and as I walked there, I noticed this bird, and I saw this person, and the light was out on this intersection. You're like, whoa, whoa, too much. That could be one of the clues. And you'll notice a lot of people, when they get nervous and tense, they might become a little more sarcastic, use inappropriate humor. Those are things that you can also look for as you look for different clusters in detecting deception. Now, this is real. It happens out there. You could read facial expressions, these micro expressions, become a student of human nature. Try to figure out, are they lying? Are they telling the truth? And it's interesting, when you look at the studies, at the workplace, 33% of people said it's okay to lie about being sick for work. That's interesting. 65% says it's okay to lie to protect someone's feelings. Those little white lies I was talking about. And people could lie to avoid punishment, to obtain a reward, to avoid embarrassment, to maintain privacy. A lot of times people do enhance self-esteem. <laughs> what did you do this weekend? People tend to enhance that. Even on the social media, it was at 75% of the people tend to embellish on social media. <laughs> okay, a little lie. People think it's okay. Weekend was better than it actually was. A vacation was better than it actually was. Those are things that we're looking at. So really learn how to do this. It'll make a huge difference. It'll eventually just become an instinct and urge. You feel like they're lying to you, but now you can actually quantify what's going on, especially with the voice. And that's the main lesson today. You can learn a lot more about voice and content and the voice in almost any you can from the nonverbals. When people keep coughing and clearing their throat, or they, they say, I didn't hear you. They keep asking you to repeat the question. That could be a stalling mechanism. They might be repeating words and phrases, trying to change the focus, or increase in vocal fillers or speaking errors or things that you're looking for. But if you can find their standard behavior and see a lot of these changes, this nervousness increasing, that's a big indicator that people are lying to you. So just something to think about in the podcast this week, Deception. If you really want to take a deep dive, I spend a lot more time on detecting deception, or the dirty dark tricks that people will play on you during a negotiation. That's in our three-day negotiation book camp. If you want to get the audios to that, I'll give you a special deal on Maximize Your Influence. I'll put a link there for Podcast 195, and you'll be able to take a deeper dive in that. But I want to give you a big overview and give you the courage and confidence that you can do this. You can just not guess, but you can really learn to read people. That emotional intelligence, those soft skills, that's what makes the biggest difference and really will help you become a power persuader. Now with that, hopefully you've learned something there. It's time for our persuasion blunder of the week. Homer, go! Go, go, go!
So I'm not going to name names on this. These are people that I've worked with personally and still do. It was a quasi-network marketing company. Not quite, but it's very similar to that. The CEO has a large ego. They, you know, they're the CEO. They're running. They started it from scratch. They're the big wig. Hey, I'm the guy. This company's generating hundreds of millions of dollars. And then I was there, and this other person walked in who's the consultant, kind of a trainer, specializes in this arena. You know, very famous in their own right. They've written books. They've done a lot of training. They do a lot of professional speaker in a specific niche. You probably wouldn't know the name if I told you. So I'm not going to name names just to protect the innocent. So you got two people with very big egos in the room, and it didn't work out very well because both people assumed they know who the other person was. Both people assumed that the other party would die to work with this party. They're thinking, man, you should be grateful just to be in my presence. And this caused a lot of challenges, mostly for the trainer consultant guy because he had a big ego and so did the CEO and it just went downhill because they both assumed each other knew each other, what they had accomplished and what they'd done. And neither one, as I found out later, really knew much about the other party and what they've accomplished. So a couple lessons here. First of all, the person didn't get the deal. The person will never get the deal because they bruised the ego. And remember when we've talked about self-esteem, when you bruise someone's self-esteem or hurt someone's ego, for the most part, it closes the doors to influence and persuasion. So a couple lessons to take away from this. If you're the persuader, check your ego in at the door. Check your emotions at the door. And you might have to do a little ingradiation, a little praising, a little research to find out who you're talking to and praise the person. They might be equal to you. They might even be below you as far as what you think you've accomplished. But it doesn't matter. You're there to persuade them. You've got to get to know them. You've got to get yourself in their shoes. You've got to understand what they've accomplished. You can't expect them that they've done the research on you. You just can't, especially when you're there to persuade them. So again, check your ego at the door. And second thing, do your research. Find out about the person. There's so many ways to find out about people and what they've done and what they've accomplished. Let them know that you've done your research, what they've accomplished, what they've done. It makes the biggest difference. It enhances their esteem. It boosts their ego. It opens the doors. They know that you understand them, that you've done your research. Because if you go in a situation expecting them, like, well, I'm the expert. I've accomplished this before. You should be grateful that I'm here. You should be grateful that I'm willing to do business with you. Those type of things. Whether it's true or not, it's a non-issue here. It causes resistance, especially when you're in a room with a lot of egos. When you're going to a room with a lot of egos, you've got to deal with those egos. You can't ignore them. You can't put them down. You can't pretend that they're nothing because they're egos. They're big. They're huge. And you've got to address them the right way. And that's, that's something that you're really addressing. The law of esteem and maximum influence will really help you out because those skills, those techniques are important because if you handle an ego, the self-esteem the wrong way, it really shuts down your ability to persuade and influence. So my friends, thank you for listening today. Please track us down on social media. If you're a Twitter person, that's Influence Max. That's a great place to find us. Tell your friends. We've got some great things and great changes coming up as we approach episode 200. Again, appreciate your kind words. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate your feedback. That's why we're here. That's why we do this to make a difference. We should have learned these skills in school. That is a key factor, and it's a big factor in your success. So master the skills that we've talked about today and go out and persuade with power.